You're listening to the Borderliners Podcast, where we interview peripheral characters from the fringes of Israeli society and show you a different side to life in the Holy Land. Subscribe using your favorite podcatcher or visit us online at borderlinerspod.com. And now, the interview. (laughs) All right, welcome back to the Borderliners Podcast, uh, where we interview people on the fringes of Israeli society. Um, As Dan pointed out already, this is a huge insult to be invited on our podcast because... Um, we basically interview the people that nobody wants to interview. Yeah, and it's it's too bad for Tayback because she's sitting in a room in a bomb shelter with a reinforced door, so there's no way out. Yeah. Actually, we're right near the door, so that's good. All right, so let's get started. (laughs) Jessica Leia Tayback is a young cat lady. In May of this year, there were an estimated 240,000 cats in Jerusalem. That's approximately 2,000 cats per square kilometer, or one cat for every four residents human residents, of course. Jessica helps to feed and care for some of them. She spends much of her free time and money on feeding the cats of Jerusalem. Tevak was just honored by Kilat Van Itzvila with Amisha Berach and Simchat Torah, one of only two female pr- recipients. She's also a Nefesh Benefesh pre-Aliyah advisor who is here to help you with all your Aliyah-related questions. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Leia Tevak. <laughs> well, thank you. It's really a pleasure and an insult to be here today. <laughs> So, okay, Tayback. Firstly, Tayback is, is how you call it, correct? Yes. All right. So the what, the ground I think we are interested in covering in this interview. Firstly, look, looking at you, and obviously the people listening to this podcast don't have visuals yet. Of course, yeah, the Borderlanders podcast, Continuous State of Development. Kaizen is my new catchphrase. Kaizen, Continuous Development. Oh, great. They can't see Tayback, but what they might be astounded if they could see Tayback is they might have got that by your voice, but you're not a 90-year-old lady, Sephardic lady. Specifically, throwing pieces of bread from a third floor in Nachlaos. <laughs> you seem otherwise sane. So our, our first question, and we're, we're going to get into the whole cat issue, as, as Nina said, about the enormous density of cats, which according to uh, Professor Yoram Yomtov, it's the highest density of cats in the world. Yeah, I can't believe it. That is surprising. Yeah. How, how, how do you get mixed up in this? What went wrong, basically, that you decided to seek out the company of cats? <laughs> well, Dan, it all goes back to the kitten challenge. I actually, to be honest, was not always a cat lady. See, that's fascinating to me. Indeed. About two years ago only. <laughs> it's been a fast learning curve. Only about two years ago, I took the kitten challenge, which is having a cute young kitten sit on your lap. And at that point, your feelings about cats start to change because you develop a relationship with this young animal, looking at you, vulnerable, waiting for your affection and your feeding. And uh, that was really the start of things. From that was my end to realize that uh, cats are really very vulnerable, very needy of our, especially in this urban environment, waiting for our love and our feeding. And uh, changed my mind about cats. Before that, I'd also walk down the streets. You know, you arrive in Israel. I've only been here for six years. And you suddenly see very many cats. And it's very overwhelming. And it is surprising. And they do look a little bit scary, sometimes on those trash cans. And I, too, used to uh, be a little bit shocked by those cats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So it's, it's a rumor. We have yet to confirm it. But it's a rumor that the, the cats came to Israel um, because the British brought them to deal with uh, either mice or rat problem. It was rat, rat, rat problem. problem. It was a rat that's, epidemic. Yeah. Um, we have no idea if that's true. We have not been able to confirm our, our um, you know, our our resource. Our, who's our, on our team? Our, uh, independent researcher. Our, our the, independent. The, are you talking about the guy in Upwork? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, our independent researcher 
has not been able to confirm. Um, our team, actually, our team of independent researchers have not been able to confirm. They're based in Pakistan. Yeah. Um, but why do you, why do you do it? Why do you do it? Well, it's a great question. First, I'd just like to add on that's a very well-held myth here in Jerusalem. We actually don't know. I should say, shouldn't say myth because we really don't know if it's true. I've also tried to look into it. The only thing I can add is that genetically speaking, the cats in Jerusalem are a Middle Eastern breed. So whether the British brought them back and increased the population or not, they are native to this area. You see cats in Turkey and Egypt and other surrounding countries. Mm -hmm. Why do I do it? I do it to ease the suffering of the cats. Okay. What else needs to be said? Now, I know you guys are all waiting for a visual here. Tavak is sitting here with a lovely cat shirt. It's a shirt that has like little... It's very subtle. Cat. It's It's very very subtle. subtle, You could call it subtle, I guess. Um, (laughs) You could call it subtle, I guess. Yeah, it's... um, She's sitting here in her cat shirt and... You know, she's going on to work after look this. At, displaying look, my look love at, of cats for you're, all. You're, you're even sitting, you've even adopted a quite cat-like posture, if I can point that out. She is a cat, actually. It's the funny thing about Tayback is she is such a cat. Like, she's sensitive to noise. Mm-hmm. She eats cat food. Just prowl around. I think there's she an, doesn't there's, eat there's cat food. I just a mutual, a, a mutual attraction. I, I, think, I think maybe people need some context, actually. I've just thought about this because people... I think the facts, firstly, as Nina said, we could not independently verify the fact that cats were brought to Israel. That's actually quite astounding. Who did we talk to? We talked to the uh, veterinary people in the area. We talked to this guy, Yoram Yomtov, who's considered the chief, the the supreme zoologist in Israel. And they have a lot. They've, <laughs> the they've zoologist, plug- comma, supreme. <laughs> He's the chief <laughs> cat zoologist in the country. And basically... Nobody, you know, you, 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 we've heard this, we've all heard this anecdote so many times. The British brought the cats to Israel. It was a rat problem. It was a low, it was a cheap but effective method of treating the infestation. But there's, I just want to point out a few things about this. No photos have ever surfaced of cats being airlifted into Israel by the British. Never. I don't think airlifted would have been, they probably would have brought them on ships. On ships. There, in that case, there are no pictures of cats disembarking ships in high support as you would expect there's no dates about this I'm going to put out there this could be a fallacy you bring up a good point it is hard to imagine that the number of cats we see today could have come from a handful of cats that would have been brought on the they could be completely native is what I'm saying yeah it's definitely a possibility no one knows really in which case after your Misha Berach I want to ask you why in that case why cats aren't mentioned in the Tanakh Wow, such a are cats not mentioned in the Tanakh? I'm just making that up. I have no idea. In the Bible, I, I, I've yet, yeah, for for our, our non-Hebraic, non-Hebraic, I've yet to read the parsha where it said a, a verse of the nature of, uh, you know, I, I've never seen the word chatul in, in any parsha. But you ever. know what? I bet it's because in Egypt they worshipped cats. That that would make sense. Hmm. I you know I bet there's some something about that. If if in fact the the Bible does not mention cats, what animals are mentioned in the Bible? You have some. You have lots of goats, lambs, goats, goats, goats and lambs, goats and lambs. Yeah, no dogs either. <laughs> I mean, they right, but they they. I, I've heard that a lot of times. No that pets. the Kanani is a native breed of dog. Native yeah, breed of Canaanite. dog. I've never heard anyone look at a dumpster cat and say that's a descendant from the time of the Beit Hamikdash. Doesn't happen. That's true. Oh, oh no! Well, there are foxes on the temple. Foxes. That's a thing, right? With foxes on the temple. Still like cats. It's interesting. Yeah, foxes and their dogs, right? Foxes are dogs. 
I think they're the Who same knows? family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've tried to look into this because some people have told me that cats actually were domesticated only about 10,000 years ago, but they come from wild cats and the domestic cat was created. Yeah, it's quite a, yeah, it's a good amount of time. Yeah. Interesting. I, I think the point I wanted to make was that Israel, essentially people, we've given the statistic, but it really hits you in the face in Jerusalem. I mean, it's never, when you see pictures of the startup nation and uh, the skyscrapers of Tel Aviv, it never cuts to a picture of cats scrounging over a dumpster getting into a can of tuna. Right. The cat infestation oh God, in lucky, parts of Jerusalem is, is at that level. It's extreme. Yeah. And as you say, one cat for every four residents. That's extraordinary. Well, we actually, we were um, getting pizza the other night and um, this cat who, uh, Tabak's belief is that it, that the cat is like just anxious about food. My belief is that the cat thinks it's it owns Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So he went into the into the grocery store and took um took like a package of sausage from the grocery store and without and paying. Without paying, of course. <laughs> he didn't have his wallet. <laughs> um and and starts eating it and then the grocery store lady, like the checkout girl comes out and he's like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, sorry, I totally <laughs> cursed. Whatever. Um, it, it's funny you mention that, Nina, because I want to actually hit Tayback at this point with a very fitting anecdote from the blog of the, the famous Michael Daly, who writes in the Times of Israel. He says about cats, and I quote, Generally, their instincts compel them to kill. If not for starvation, hunting can be a sort of sport for the cats due to neuroticism and impulsiveness. How, how, how would you react to that quote? That's interesting. I would say it seems to me to be more evolutionary the hunting instinct than just for, uh, what did he say it was? Impulsiveness. Neur- neuroticism and impulsiveness. No. Yeah. Sounds like a Jewish Neuroticism cat. and impulsiveness. I don't know when it's impulsive. To me, it's their nature. It's their nature to hunt. Mm. Yeah, you got to go according to the nature, man. Right. I mean, if you think about cats in the wild, how did they survive? You would hunt, you know? Right. That's it? That's all we got on that? Do you have a question? I do. I do have a question. Um, we, when we were conducting the research for this, we read recently about a guy called Rasan Al Yunus. He's he calls himself the uh, the minder of kittens on the Temple Mount. He's obviously a Palestinian guy, right? So what we find interesting about this is that you are um, you have a cat mentor of sorts, and I I wanted to just get a feel for the the cat feeding community. Is is it a close knit community? Um, does it truly straddle the city divide? Mm. Do you consider yourself a member of the community or are you are you more of an independent operator? I would say I'm a little bit of a mix of both. You know, I dabble in the cat WhatsApp groups and things like that, but I also tend to just be an independent, do my thing, feed my cats, spay and neuter my cats. And, um, you know, I am fostering a kitten that someone posted about right now. So I do, you know, I said both connected and, and independent. Um, it's quite an active community, but small, over overworked, you yeah. could say, a lot of stress. Um, do we straddle the divide? Yes. <laughs> yes, I've been to meetings actually at the Iria um, with some Arab activists, and uh, what we hear from their communities is, is very challenging, as much as we think it's difficult. You know, they're even less, less activists, but uh, yeah, the cats are definitely something that brings us together, which is really important. Amazing. I mean, cats, you know, they just give you so much. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they can they can bring together Jews and Arabs, they might right. be the solution to this this conflict that we're yeah. in. We should just send cats to Gaza. 
Cats for Gaza. Cats for Gaza. That might help. I think think they have enough problems in the (laughs) world. All right. I'm sure there there actually are cats in Gaza. (laughs) No, this wasn't one of our planned questions, but I am curious. Do you want to share the story of um, that woman, your work? What happened with that woman, that, that cat lady in your work that kept harassing you? Which story are you referring to? The story, you know, with the woman who was like, you have to like... Oh, oh, the not she's not she's not a colleague of mine. Right. But the woman who would work. always bother me when I was at work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes. So she's an interesting activist. She will go unnamed and mm-hmm. on this, you know, very public podcast. Um far reaching, you know. Don't think she's an English speaker. I will give that away. I don't think she speaks English, so I don't think she will be listening yep. to this wonderful, wonderful episode, unfortunately. She um yeah, she you might call uh, has a little bit more neuroticism than yours truly about the cats. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was a lot of um, bothering me and calling me nonstop. What exactly did you want from this story? Remember, was she was like she was incident? like she wanted you to to like to like give shots to the cat. She's like. And she, she was like saying, oh, she, she was like, you know, give, you have a good heart. the medicine, right? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Then she insulted me, right? Yeah. Like, sort of like this podcast, but worse. <laughs> yes. The sting was a little bit worse. Yes. Yeah. She said, um, you know, you just feed the cats. You don't really care about them. You're not dispensing the medicines. Do you think that maybe we could get a recording of, of what she said to you? Do you think that's an option? Um, I mean, we, we could try to do that. Yeah, it's a thought. I, if you want to whip out your phone, maybe we could. It's not here in our lovely recording studio, okay. which is really nice. If anyone yeah. needs a recording studio in Jerusalem, Ben the bass. What what do you call? What's this? Just Ben Wallach Studios. Ben, ben Wallach Studios. Ben Wallach Music, right? On yeah. Instagram and Facebook, and he gives you a complimentary shot of bourbon at ten in the morning. If you if, available, <laughs> if, you, if you ask for it, <laughs> if, I, if I like you, yeah. <laughs> um, if you're just a neighbor, so let me just go on to the next question. Um, you're in your thirties. Uh, don't you feel like that's young to be a cat lady? Oh, no. I feel like I've missed so many years of loving cats. I mean, why would I want to wait to be an old woman to love cats? I mean, I do have dreams for my retirement, right? including foster farms and things like that, where I can just take in all of the cats. I, I was just about to ask, how do, how do you see your cat career kind of evolving? Yeah. So I think right now I have to limit myself a little bit because I do have to work to pay the bills for all of my cat food deliveries. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to put away so that one day I can open up a, a foster home for these cats, you know, all the injured cats and cats that really need a place. I would like to take them. And there's a wonderful place you can check out in Hedera. They have like a cat kibbutz of sorts. And it's really nicely done. And uh, that's sort of my uh, my dream for my future, the future of the cats. <laughs> Tell, tell us a little bit about the economics of being a cat feeder. How much of a strain does this put, does this put on your personal income? How, how much money have you fed cats instead of yourself? Has it come to that? Well, luckily it hasn't come to that yet. And, you know, we are lucky to live in times where we do have plenty of food for people and for animals. And, um, and cat you food know, for people like you. <laughs> you don't <laughs> to actually. be fair, I've been vegetarian for over 20 years. So my diet is literally the opposite of a cat diet. Um, so together with the cats, you know, I do have a, a more even <laughs> food chain. It's <laughs> fair. But, um, but I digress. Yes, it's quite a financial strain. But the interesting thing is I don't feel it because of my passion for wanting to do this i i feel okay spending several hundred shekels at least a month on cats right Right. um okay on on that note what's important for a feeding station to have i've actually gone with tayback to to feed cats 
It's really interesting. She goes on her scooter, mm. her electric scooter, of course, and with a helmet. With Very a important. helmet. Yeah. And um, you know, I know she waters and places feeding for the cats and yeah, I know you, you're... So what's she, important? Yeah, what, what oh, yeah. does a feeding station have? Okay, that's a really good question. I'll get right on to that. But I just realized, this podcast made me realize, maybe I should go to the store and pay for that ginger cat's sausage that he I stole. I think that's ridiculous. As a person who spends money on cats, perhaps that's my job to that's pay ridiculous. their Don't do grocery that. bill, this <laughs> McCullough bill. Okay, um, <laughs> what goes into a feeding station? So first of all, it's important to know that in Jerusalem, it is legal to feed the cats, but only dry food. Mm. Okay, it's not legal mm. to feed wet food. So I try to refrain from feeding the wet food. Uh, so, you know, you feed them dry food and uh, water. What else goes into the feeding station? Sometimes you want to create a little uh, moat around the food to keep the ants out. Oh, and, um, I didn't know that. That's mm, fascinating. Yeah, it is. And really the most important <laughs> thing that goes into a cat station is spaying and neutering the cats. Oh, okay. So that that leads me to your next question, to the next question. How many cats have you spayed and neutered in your cat lady career? I have unfortunately only spayed and neutered 10 cats, and I've tried to spay and neuter many more, but it's actually very challenging to get an appointment with the area to spay and neuter the cats. So how, how does spaying and neutering in Jerusalem work? So that's a good question because it's an interesting mix, actually, of the city and activists working together because the city does operate a cost-free clinic where you can bring your cats to be spayed and neutered. Not your home cats. Street cats can be brought to be spayed and neutered for free. But the area does not do a lot of trapping for the cats. So what happens is there's a couple of activists who have, let's say, 10 cat traps, and I will hire one of them. Okay, It costs between 200 or 250 shekels per trapping. They'll trap between 5 and 10 cats, and then they take them to the area. So it's an interesting mix of the city and the city's residents. Oh, wow. That is very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. But the cat indeed. community is quite upset about the lack of spay and neuter procedures. The cat community the or city. the cat activist community? Can I ask a very uh, simple question, Tabak? So this is basically yes. stopping the cats from reproducing? Correct. Okay. So how, how can you be both the cat lady and support the elimination of the cats? It's a really good question. And to be honest, I do have a lot of feelings and con internal conflict and thoughts and discussion um, about it. It's not an easy question or position to take. I think at the end of the day, the popular approach within the cat activist community is that we don't want these cats suffering and endlessly mm -hmm. reproducing. And we would rather see them spayed and neutered. On the other hand, I do appreciate your question because I do feel like at a certain point, you know, there are communities like if you look uh, in the States where they've actually spayed and neutered, there are communities that have no more street cats. So it's an interesting question of like, do you want street cats at all? Is this really their place? Do we want to really wipe out that population? Can you imagine a Jerusalem without street cats? I, I can totally, I can. I, I, I dream about it in fact. Yeah. I, I want to just present, I mean, there is a darker side to cats that we've kind of like lost over here. Firstly, because you mentioned cats in the wild, the density of feral cats, I believe the stat we got was uh, we worked out some. One it's approximately four, right? two. That was shocking. That was, that's the stat here. We worked out the mm. density of cats in nature is something like two mm. per square kilometer. In other mm. words, that the density here is 2,000 2000 times the natural density of cats. So obviously that's a lot less cats. 
That would be yeah. one cat per like, as far as we can see. So, yeah. Because th- the thing about cats is they prey on pe- things like birds, comedians, lizards, not just species. I heard comedians. Did anyone else hear yes. comedians? Uh, <laughs> they co- do not prey on comedians. <laughs> according, comedians ac- feel according, safe. <laughs> according to a quote we sourced from, it's the, called the Annals of Zoology, uh, cats prey on not just species commonly thought of as vermin. Lizards, chameleons and birds are all at risk. And that's due to cats' aforementioned impulsiveness and eroticism. How would you react to that? They're, they're, they're not just cute, even if you conceive of them as cute. They're in a lot of ways a menace. <laughs> I mean, to me, first of all, I'd like to say that it's interesting. The reason cats ended up in cities and you have a higher density here actually began when humans started storing food. Okay, so that would attract the mice and rats. And the cats came sort of following suit. And farmers decided better the cats than the mice in our food. Possibly British farmers. We don't know. Even further back, I would say. (laughs) But, um, But that's why cats were brought on ships. And that's why the myth, I think, began. Because sailors would take cats on the ships to keep the the mice and rats at bay. Um, Look... Cats are predators. They're both prey and predators. So they do prey on lizards, comedians, and (laughs) uh, other small birds. And um, that is part of the, the, you know, what is it called? The cycle of life? The cycle of life. Mm. Nature. There's actually another interesting cycle here because I, I, I didn't know this firstly. And what people don't know as well is that I am modern day. I am that modern day grain store. Oh yeah, he's he's a hoarder. I'm, li- I'm literally today's grain hoarder. Today's mission is to try find a wholesale supplier who will sell me 25 kgs of chickpeas because I, I a few days ago I came into a 25 kg box of rice, which is right. greatly exciting. And now I want to replicate that success with chickpeas. Not so, to make this about you, but can I ask why? Why <laughs> do you like to store these grains? I actually. I explained it very, very eloquently only yesterday. So I'll repeat the explanation because people naturally assume you think the end of the world is coming. I said yesterday that success, success is not overnight. Rome is not built in a day. When you when you buy 25 kgs of chickpeas, you're not buying chickpeas for the weekend or for the week. You're buying chickpeas for the year. By the time you finish that box of chickpeas, you're going to be a totally different person than when you started out. You're going to be a totally different cook than when you started out. This is the actual reason. Every, every, no, nobody asks. Everybody thinks it's, of course, crazy. I mean, 25 kg is extreme, but I do have like, Nina, see my pantry. I have a whole pantry of like tons and tons, 5, 10, 20 kg. I'm step, I want to step up to the serious stuff, which is the wholesale quantities would be 25 <laughs> or 50 kg. 50 kg of chickpeas. That's 50, 50 kilograms, guys. 25 kg would be about up to here, about like it's one meter but tall you want sack. More. And that's wow. like a basic restaurant supply quantity. I want to get up to at least that for, for a legume. But Do anyway, you worry that's, about that's infestation? I, that's a I've, good question. I've, From a cat lady, by the way. <laughs> I've had my problems in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> Weevils. Yeah, they're pretty disgusting. Sometimes I feel like one kilo gets infested before I finish it. My kind of rationale, whatever. But uh, anyway, that'll I, be the I, next I, episode. I don't want to diverge. That's very interesting. So me being seeing myself as uh, you know, it says because we spoke about the Tanakh. It says that I believe one of Yosef's key moves when he was in Egypt was he began stockpiling the grain in the good times mm. to prepare for the bad. So people stockpiling grain are attracting vermin, and I certainly can see that happening. And then getting rats, and then we, we need cats. So in a sense, I shouldn't really be so hard on you. <laughs> Well, I think our work here is done. 
No, well, speaking of the t- speaking of the Bible, battle. to follow up on P- Dan's question, um, you know, the cat lady conflict of spaying and neutering these cats that I love so much and, you know, not allowing them to continue reproducing. There are two very interesting, um, you know, commandments that we have that sometimes feel conflicting. There is actually a commandment to not neuter your animals. Yeah. Okay. It's a discussion. Does that mean your ones you own, work animals, do street cats really count? Okay. Is that considered, you know, part of that commandment? And then on the other hand, there is also a commandment not to cause pain to to animals like suffering not yeah to not allow you know to not cause suffering to animals right you could say is it suffering that they are now being spayed and neutered is that a form of infliction for a cat right you're changing their nature or is the suffering that you don't do it and then they're stuck suffering on the street multiplying you know from a buddhist perspective i would say um pain is one thing and then suffering is like you know the added the like getting caught in it so as long as they're not caught in it you know well that's the beautiful thing about animals very in the moment yeah they let things go very quickly it's one of your favorite things about animals it's one of mine i also like the boundaries that cats have you know mm-hmm. when they're done sitting on your lap they're done they'll <laughs> scratch you <laughs> move on so um i guess i guess uh we should probably ask about the whole the whole incident and prompt today for this podcast. Besides, like knowing Tayback, the uh, the 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 mutilated cat that article in the J Post. Yes, have you heard about this? No, what happened? You must have heard about this. There, people were posting oh, on on all the the cat missing cats. And, yeah, the, the missing cats, the poison and, and then cats. Was, and then I just saw again this weekend yeah, that they're poisoning says, cats in Pisgadza Ev. They found rat poison in the in the feeding stations. Wow. This is kind of a similar story. It came out in the J-Post from uh, Karen Preskill. Uh, a disturbing photo was circulated on Facebook of a cat dissected in half, which people were claiming was more likely to be the work of a person than an animal as the attack was too clean. Whoa. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think it's very sad. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's very sad. There are... You know, in in different ways in society, there are always people who, unfortunately, for reasons that I think are hard for most of us to understand, engage in certain, uh, I don't know if you'd want to call it psychotic, you know, behaviors that are Do you buy into that firstly, that the cats were, that there are people who would be deliberately mutilating cats? Oh, I do. I don't find that part actually surprising, unfortunately. I think that there are a lot of people who have... Uh, misunderstandings about cats okay Um, but I think that once it gets to that level you've crossed into a different area of somebody who probably has some other type of psychosis going on meaning somebody who doesn't like cats just like I didn't love cats I wasn't about to go kill a cat very big it's a big step right Um, yeah could just be one psychotic kid one person there's there's a lot lot of people who would fit that description in that close Um, yeah that's true there are some dark clouds in the horizon for cat people. Um, the city is obviously one of the main food sources for cats would be these uh, the food dumpsters. So in Jerusalem, the food dumpsters are above ground typically, right? Every neighborhood has them. People don't just put out garbage outside their house like in many countries. So there's like a communal every 100 meters. And the cats will often be observed three or four at a time, just kind of like marauding these dumpsters. And the city is, you know, moving the dumpsters underground which is going to obviously cut off a major uh, food source for the cats. And I personally believe 
that in the last three months I've detected. But also, bear in mind, Borderline Earth HQ has moved in since our preceding episode. That's true. From Nachlo to... Um, An unknown. The unknown. Undisclo- exactly. Thank you, Nina. We never, <laughs> never disclose our operating location. So in this undisclosed location, which, well, we can say it's further out from the city centre. Yeah. Um, there, it's, it's far less cats. Far fewer cats. Far yeah. fewer cats. So do you think, have you observed a drop in the cat density or, I mean, how do you feel about, about the cat's lifeblood being cut, being taken under from them, taken from under them? Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Um, My hope would be that in the places where there are now those trash cans that people are feeding the cats. I know that the cat feeders in those areas are quite stressed because they realize now there's no scavenging for these cats. They realize the game is up. They realize that there's just a lot more cat food to be bought and distributed. Um, you know, I encourage people to consider, okay, this is everyone's choice, but just to put the option out, I think a lot of people don't think about it, but because we are the only source of food for urban cats, that um, to consider putting leftover scraps of fish and chicken and meat on the side of the trash can so that cats do have a food source. We don't really want them starving to death. Yeah, and the truth is if we did that, the cats would look less dirty and be less disturbing to us in the city because they would have, if you go to certain areas in the city like Rehavia, where you have a lot of cat beaters, those cats are clean because they're not scavenging in the trash. Mm. And I really encourage anyone who who's interested to look at before and after pictures mm. of rescue cats because you really see the difference in a cat who's struggling in the trash mm-hmm. and gets dirty from it and is probably pretty hungry because even if there's scraps in the trash, they're often buried. They're mixed in with all sorts of other packaging and we don't have to go into what goes into trash, but you can imagine that the food is mixed in with other things. It's not easy, right? Whereas if it was on the side, I think the cats would be cats would be cleaner. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's fair to say that the cats are a mirror image of the local population then? Please, ex- I, I please would, expound on that, Dan. I would agree with that. I mean, the, in Nachloot, for example, you see many dirty cats. You see many dirty, I don't want to say hippies, but we'll just call them hippies for lack of a better term in Nachloot as well. Right. Perhaps we you know, the, the cats that I feed in I was in just Nachloot. asking if the local people eat Queer. tuna, the cats like tuna. Do the cats like tuna? Oh, they love it. <laughs> I love tuna. Um... This is a professional question. Are you the cat Aliyah advisor? Oh, well, yeah. You know, making Aliyah with pets is actually quite intensive. A lot of bureaucracy. Sometimes it feels more difficult for a pet to make Aliyah. Dogs and cats, especially birds. Very A lot of restrictions on bringing in birds. Oh, really? Yeah, it's very difficult to um, travel with a pet. I'm very grateful I adopted all of my cats here in Israel. Mm-hmm. Certainly no lack of cats here to adopt. So, uh, But obviously people want to bring their pet cats with them. And um, I wouldn't say I'm the Ali advisor, but uh, when I have when I have those moving to Israel who have cats, you know, we do talk about bringing their two or three cats and what to do with them. And uh, have you have you mentioned that there's no shortage of cats in the country? Well, it's very sensitive. You know, people are very attached to their pets. So mm-hmm. uh, I try to drop hints. You know, <laughs> don't worry. There'll be plenty of cats to adopt here. That is fair. <laughs> There's actually some uh, activists here who are trying to export, trying to export cats, um, find them homes, idea. to home them in uh, the U.S., Europe, Canada, and sometimes they're looking for people to travel. So if anyone's interested, oh in, really? In exporting our cats. <laughs> that's that's an idea. I mean, if people are willing to do it, right? Um, 
Now export the problem. Export the problem. Export, and if you That's think about that, here cat's in, now in stayed, neutered, out of the country. It's also preventing, let's say, in ten years from now, fifty cats. So now it's one cat being exported, but it's actually right. As as um, you know, they say, and it was quoted in in uh, Schindler's List: "If you save one cat, <laughs> you save." the world. <laughs> you have made the difference for that cat. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how we often feel. It's such an overwhelming problem. But then when you rescue that one cat, mm-hmm. you see really, yeah, that's, that's all you can do sometimes. Um, so, so how many cats do you feed on a regular basis? Well, I stop at about five different spots on average on my way home from work. So I'd say between all of those um, perhaps I'm feeding only only about 15 cats on a daily basis. Then I'll do some uh, rounds in my neighborhood less frequently. I try to actually not feed um, cats daily because I don't want them to become reliant on me as a food source. Uh, it, doesn't... It, feeds, it, feeds, it also feeds into their impulsiveness and narcissism. Well, we neuroticism. disagree about that. Neuroticism. We disagree about that. I think they may, enti- perhaps narcissistic is a better description they, than neurotic. They develop an entitlement complex. <laughs> I just feel like if cat cats in Israel, like of course they're going to be more neurotic. Do you know what I mean? I said they're a mirror image of local population for reason. Yeah, you know they really are American vets who move here. They've just never seen a cat like a Jerusalem cat. Really? Oh, very much feistier. Much feistier. Mm. What are the names of your of the cats? The the ones that you've named that you feed on a regular basis. Oh well, I have a really wonderful close knit group of cats that I feed. Uh, They would be Frankie. Marshall and Sweet Pea, and also Sweet Pea's daughter, who doesn't have a tail, but she's a spitting image of Sweet Pea otherwise. But she also doesn't have a name. She's just Sweet Pea's daughter. Yeah, I guess I felt connected. I met her as a baby. Right. And, um, oh, you know, wow. I really appreciate that family connection there. Yeah. What about, um, I know you have, an, there's another, there's a black cat. What's the black oh, cat? Oh, Puma. Puma. Yeah, Puma. He's pretty fierce. But he's calmed down with time. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, he used to cause some trouble in the neighborhood. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! So okay, so it's it's Puma, Frankie, Marshall, Sweet Pea, Sweet Pea's daughter. Very good. You have your own cat, Lily. Lily, little yeah. Lily. Um, anyone else? Well, there was Zoe. I was very close with Zoe. Yeah. Um, Do you want to share your your touching tale of Zoe? Uh, well, Zoe was a cat that I found in Gonsaker. Um, and she didn't leave after I fed her like a lot of cats. So I went home and got a carrier and I, uh, I took little Zoe home. She was very dirty. She had fungus growing on her nose. So we got her, uh, you know, some medicine for that. And then it was really interesting because once she was being fed and she had a home, she, the re- she cleaned the rest of herself. So her fur that was like, it was white fur, but it looked black. She was able to clean it all herself. So oh, you wow. see when they have homes and they're being nurtured, they have their needs met. Um, <laughs> this actually brings up you bring up an important point is like could we could a human being get the fungus from the cat like what diseases can uh, we get from street cats okay that's a great question toxoplasmosis is one because yeah because that's not directly. that's actually more from your home cats yeah it's a litter box uh issue but yeah. um it's a very common thing i hear don't touch the cats you're gonna get sick you're gonna get diseases so what can you actually get from a street cat not much is the good news okay um the things that cats have, you know, there is like uh, feline HIV. They get it from each other, okay? But it's not going to transfer to humans. Same with fleas, okay? Fleas that live on cats don't transfer to humans. They might give you a little bite when they're hungry, okay? But you're not going to get fleas. Uh, the one thing you can get is ringworm, which is like a skin 
skin disease, which That's you gross. get a, it's, um, yeah, what can I say? I've never, never had it. My cat icon is um, immune to it, which worked out really well for her. What? And yes. Mm. We, and, did, we, we uh, didn't touch upon the cat icon. There's someone famous in the old city, I believe. Yes. So tell yes. us about her, her okay. cat icon. My cat icon, her name is Tova Saul. You can look her up. She has some interesting um, articles about her and a little uh, video by National Geographic about her work in the old city. She has single-handedly spayed and neutered over 700 cats in the old city. Wow. So if you think about... Does that mean that she did the spaying and neutering? Not the procedure. Okay. No, she would take them to a clinic, to the city for the procedure to be done. So she goes out and traps the cats, okay, and then takes them um, for the procedures. And why was I talking about, I'm so distracted now, I just, Tova, I just, what was yeah, I even so, going to say so, about her? Yeah, like, okay, so she's your cat icon because of her spaying and neutering work, because of? Just her general love of cats. But yeah, the fact yeah. that she's practically really working to to better the lives of cats and not have the population increase. And I think that's a common myth about cat ladies. You know, uh, I think a lot of people complain about cats in the city. And I think the only people really working to curb the population are the feeders, are the people who are invested in the cats. I think other mm -hmm. people don't know what to do. Right. So. Right. So you said she's she's immune to ringworm. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, she's immune to ringworm. How did that, How did first of all, how did she discover that? I think she just has had cats with ringworm and she saw she never, I'm assuming, and she just never got it. Wow. So that's the one thing you can get and then you have to get a cream, you know, right. to, uh, to that. But there hasn't been a case of rabies in Jerusalem, I think in over 17 or 19 years. Um, so that's not something you're likely to get. Um, you should, if you ever get scratched by a cat, I think the Ministry of Health does still recommend you get a rabies shot. Um, I just watch the scratch. Okay. You need to watch it. If it develops and gets more red and more itchy and within a few days, you should definitely get that checked out. Mm -hmm. Good, good sound good, advice. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> but cats don't tend to attack unless they're, unless they're scared. So just, you know, keep your distance. Don't, don't touch cats that you don't know. It's not, not wise. Okay. Yeah. Did we cover all our? I don't think. I don't think. I. I. I've. I've. I've no more questions. Um, just to just to say that. I mean, it's definitely a very open debate. Uh, I think Tabax made a really nice case for the, for feeding cats and uh, the emotional attachment that the this kind of close knit feeding community that talks on WhatsApp groups has to their cats. It's it's quite interesting because for me, to be honest, it's a black and white case of the less cats, the better, and I'm very happy to see the cats going. But uh, I think. Speaking to Tayback has humanized the story of the mm -hmm. cat feeders who were often simply derided as crazy old women. Yes. And even when we're young, we get derided by people. I've had many people, what are you doing? Please don't do that here. You know, we're often, uh, it's not a, yeah. it's we not, actually, do, it's do, not do, an do, easy job. Do you personally job. feel stigmatized actually? I don't know if I would say I feel stigmatized. Um, I do feel that there are people who are antagonistic. Mm -hmm. Like me. Um, well, <laughs> you can't sense a hostility well, I'll tell you, the fact clear. that you want less cats, I don't find offensive. I find that not everybody needs to love cats and feed cats. I just want us all to be in the same boat of we don't want them to suffer. And we are trying to decrease the population. How about this? Why are you part of the problem? Why do you choose to be part of the problem? Am I, I not part of the solution? Uh, she's <laughs> part confused. of the solution. I believe she's part of the solution. I know it's, you know, kind of a biased journalism 
But I would actually like to point out on this note that um, Professor Yomtov, who we cited, Yoram Yomtov. Bo- yeah, Yoram Yomtov, who who we cited before about talking about the the cat the cat population in Israel, he's actually we we reached out to him and asked him for um, information about about the cat problem, and he actually cites a master's thesis. It's not published in any academic article. Um, it yeah, it's this just is, a this local. Is the, this is a headline statistic for, which is actually an extraordinary claim that Jerusalem is the highest cat town. If you think about that for a second, yeah, he's not claiming this article from Times. He's quoted in Times of Israel on record as saying Jerusalem has the highest per capita density of cats in the world. That's an extraordinary claim. Yeah, that means that the density of cats here has to be higher than in Lagos. I'm just picturing Lagos for is. a second. Lagos, Nigeria. Oh. I know in Nigerian guys, there's a lot of cats. I I, I don't know. I can yeah. imagine Lagos having at least like as many India, cats, if not more. India, I can imagine as cats. But apparently, so that's the actual source because we did reach out to Professor Yomtov who yeah. graciously responded and we appreciated that. But yeah, yes, just, thank uh, you, just to point out that it's it's from a master's thesis. Yeah. So we probably have time to do the lightning round, actually. Ooh, what's this? So um, we've taken a page from uh, James Lipton's book um, and... Uh, yeah, we're gonna give you some some lightning round questions. Get ready. Mm. That means they're fast. Yeah, got so it. You just gotta quick answers. Just yeah, just keep it short. Keep it short. Don't keep go on like snappy. a crazy cat lady. So first question: um, What is your biggest pet peeve? Pet, pet pets, pet peeve. peeve. Oh my gosh, my biggest pet peeve. Does it have to be about cats or just anything? Whatever. Mm, Ideally, cats. But mm, I don't like loud noise. Yeah, because you're a cat. I'll ask one one and one only question. What do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? Oh my gosh. Uh, being stuck in a dungeon with no food. Oh, yeah. This also feeds into your into your, <laughs> it's all related. your uh, neuroses about feeding cats, I would say. Yes. That you just really can't imagine being stuck without food. And so I'd say that's definitely true. I think that is part of the the reason I feel connected. Okay, uh, this is an obvious answer, but if you were reincarnated incarnated as some other plant or animal, what would it be? Oh, I'd actually rather be a tree, I think. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. You don't want to be a cat because cats, you know, are miskinim, like they're poor. Well, hopefully little... by the time I'm reincarnated, uh, let's all say l'chaim, there'll be no more cats in Jerusalem except house cats, pets. Yeah. You know. People, yeah, obviously we want cats. We want some cats. Yeah, we want I would love lots of cats, of but rats. just, you know. So we can start with getting rid of street cats and then talk. Yes. <laughs> um, we're far We're far from that point. All right. I think, yes. should we, is that it for the... Uh, I, have no, okay. I have no more questions. So that was then, the end of the lightning round? So Yeah, it was a short lightning. <laughs> it was a lightning fast lightning round. Um, um, do you, Should we end? I think maybe what you should do is lead us in a in a blessing for the for the cats of Jerusalem, of Israel, and... Maybe wow. of the world. Oh, wow. This is such a special opportunity mm-hmm. to pray for all the cats in our city and the whole world. Well, first of all, I thank you both for your time and your research and your interest in the topic. Thank it, you for yours. Despite the insult, it was a wonder, wonderful experience being on this podcast. Cat ladies don't get much time to shine, but do check out Tova Saul's videos. Um, my prayer for the cats Definitely my own cats, the cats of Jerusalem, the cats of Israel, the cats of the Middle East, and the cats of the world, street cats. I hope that they will always have enough food, that they will always be resilient to find their own food, to heal from any diseases they might have, to help one another, to fight less, no more lost eyes. And I hope that we as a society will... This war must end. 
this war must end. May the cats bring us together. The cat lovers, the cat non-lovers yet, <laughs> the Arabs, the Jews. May we all be brought together by cats. And I do hope that we as individuals and as a society will develop a more compassionate role to these uh, beings, get them cleaned up, and um, they should have enough food next to the trash can. Amen. Mm. That was a very lengthy, impromptu bracha (laughs) blessing. (laughs) I could go on. It was great. So much I want um, for the cats. I want them to be warm in the winter. I want them to have shelter. Oh, yeah. That can be winter. That's <laughs> tough. All right. I think that's that's it. That's it. We have it's it's been a it's been a long period since our first episode of the Borderliners podcast, but we hope to be uh, we have a very very exciting schedule. I just want to yep. quickly mention going forward, we have a bunch of interviews with uh, you know leading dignitaries in in Jerusalem, outside of Jerusalem even. Uh, scheduled to come on the show so that's going to be exciting so mm-hmm. please keep we're on, you know, we're on borderlinerspod.com we're on Facebook we're on Instagram and of course for this podcast we availed of the recording services of Ben Wallach Music who's also on, also ah, on all those channels amazing amazing if you loved the quality and crispness of this of this audio and if you, you like bourbon ben. in the morning and if you like bourbon in the morning to ease your nerves I don't personally but Dan is all about that I guess <laughs> he's an Irishman All right, signing off. Until next time, thank you for listening.